Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On. I am your host, Rebecca, from homeschoolon.com. Though my voice sounds a little different, I have a cold today, you guys, so we're going to bear with it. We're going to persevere. I'm going to persevere, and you can choose whether to bear with it or not. And today's episode is my homeschool style, and I want to talk just a little bit about my journey to my homeschool style, what it is today, um, and kind of how I've gotten there. So that is today's podcast episode. If it interests you, then stick around. I'd love, love, love to have this conversation. You're going to want a cup of coffee or tea or something. And imagine that we're sitting across from the table together and just talking about homeschooling because that's what we're doing today. Now, a little disclaimer, my children are still awake, at least three of them, and it is 9 o'clock p.m., and they are actually doing math, so I have decided to let that happen. So where that fits into my homeschool style, definitely hands off, hands off parenting as much as possible. I'm like a blend of everything, and and this podcast, I'm really going to try not to be facetious and sarcastic because that is my sense of humor a little bit. I'm going to try to tone that back and really be honest and clear because sometimes it can get, you know, misinterpreted. But I really honestly, if you guys just want the spoiler alert, I am and have been everything at one point in time. I probably have things that are my own. I probably have things that aren't my own. It's really difficult for me to actually say. So if you're expecting me to be like, this is the style that I am, I'm diehard, you're not going to hear that from me today because I'm definitely not diehard anything. I mean, I'm not diehard what's going to happen today. I mean, you just want a glimpse into my life just so we know who I am before I share a glimpse into my homeschool life. I just want to make sure that we know where we're putting me. Like, am I up on the mountaintop pedestal or am I down here in normal life? Or even am I beneath you because you feel like, you know what? Wow, that girl's got problems. Like, fine, I'll be wherever you want to place me in your head. So just so you know where to accurately place me, I'll share a little story about today's homeschooling adventure. So I have five children. My youngest is five and my oldest is 11, almost 12. So I have been homeschooling from day one. Pretty much he was born and I was like, boom, we're homeschooling. Okay, not quite. See, the facetious, sarcastic part is coming in. But I have always known I wanted to homeschool and I have always been diehard homeschooler. I was homeschooled myself up until grade 10. And so I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to do, what curriculum I wanted to use. And I was very, very confident and and really was homeschooling. I believe I bought curriculum when he was three years old and I started with with preschool stuff. I must have spent over $500. Like I went crazy. So I, I'm kind of the all in and then I flop. So for, for today, what that looked like for us is I've had this cold and I've been on the all out side of things. Okay. I'm just, just surviving, but it's been a while now and I'm frustrated and I'm ready to get it back up. I'm like, okay, I may not be feeling it, but I am going to get back up. We're going to just keep on going. So tomorrow I set my alarm. I'm like, I'm going to wake up. This is going to happen. And I'm going to do devotions and we are going to do school and we're going to do our instruments. And we're not even like we're in summer mode already. So all we're doing for school, it's very, very minimal. It's like math, a little bit of reading, um, our instruments and maybe a read aloud. Like it's very light. And then we're done by lunch. We're done and we can go and play and do whatever else we want during the day. So I didn't even have high expectations. I was like, I just want to get up and have that day. That's all I want. I just want to just have a morning. Is, is that possible to have the morning? 
Well, it isn't when you stay up until 1 o'clock watching Netflix with your husband, let me tell you that. So last night we stayed up way too late, like way too late, found a new series and then watched just one more. Guys, just one more. And so at a very late hour, we turned the TV off. It may have even been later than one. I'm actually, I'm, I'm averaging on the lower end because I don't want to be judged by you. Um, so we went to bed and then when my alarm went off, I laughed and I turned it off. And so I went back to bed and I slept in till nine. So nine's not like, it's not terrible. I mean, my husband slept in till 11. So I feel like depends who you're comparing me with, right? But I, I still slept in way too late to have my perfect morning. So not only that, but I was tired, I was groggy, I'm still sick. And so all my ex- expectations and anticipation of what I wanted for the day, it was just like laughable, really, because I wake up and I'm like a, like, like my head's in a fog and I'm just like croaking coffee and blowing my nose and I'm not in the place to be like, let's clean and do chores and come on guys, math time. So suffice it to say, the perfect morning was just, it just didn't happen. So I kind of survived. I went and sat in our hot tub. I did not try. I think I told them, do school, but I didn't. You know, I, I did my devotions and I did a little bit of work and then my husband woke up and then we, like I said, discovered a series. So we said, let's have lunch in bed and watch the series. And so we shut our door and we told the kids, go and play. And, um, and I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened, but we spent the afternoon watching the series. Now, again, I know you're super judging me. This is not like a normal thing in our house. It really isn't. For the most part, I actually watch very, very little TV, but we're sick. We're sick and we're recovering and we feel terrible. And so it just was a nice way to spend an afternoon. But I looked at my clock and I was like, wow, we literally spent all afternoon watching shows. I've hardly seen the kids. So I came out of the room and I was just like, I felt terrible. I felt like a bad mom and I felt disappointed with my day. It was so casual. My house is destroyed. The kids have played Lego everywhere. Um, you know, some of them are watching Netflix. I don't know. You know, they're watching some, I don't, I, I don't even know what they watch. It's like Malibu Rescue or something. Okay. There's like saving the world, but really, really we're talking like whatever that show is where they Baywatch. It's like Baywatch for kids. I'm like running on the ocean and all these good looking kids that are saving lives. I mean, yeah, you got the saving lives aspect, but it's really all about I like so-and-so. Like, really, is this what my kids are being filled with? My seven-year-old? Yeah, it is. It really is. So, anyways, bad mom moment. And so I felt really terrible, and we have no food in our house. <sighs> there's nothing. Like, there's nothing. There's there. We've lived on pizza for a number of days. This is what sickness, real life. You guys are getting re- Who knew? We may as well just call this a real-life episode. So we, I, my husband's like, let's just do pizza. And I'm like, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a good mom. So I said, who wants to come with me to the grocery store? That right there is being a good mom. Cause I could have gone by myself. My husband was on a night shift. And so I could easily have just gone by myself and zipped out and had a nice relaxing, maybe get a coffee grocery shop. But no, I wanted to be a good mom. So I was like, it's open. Anyone can come open season on the car. And so I had my three youngest, of course. The three most difficult. I'll cheer loudly and say, can you buy us candy and hop in the car? So 
we all know where this is going, right? I mean, it's not like anything was really terrible. It just was frustrating. We went out. It's like dinner time. It was so busy at the grocery store, so busy, and it's under construction. So everything is in the wrong place. The one door is closed. It literally took me 10 minutes to get a parking spot because there was just a lineup of cars. There's trailers. I mean, remember, it's camping season. And the, the till was ridiculously long. It was like one item at a time. Okay, children, you can now put the next bag of things from our cart onto the whatever belt because it's been five minutes, but there's now space for one more thing. Like it just was one of those. But you know what? I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to be positive. I'm like, we are shopping. We are going to get, I was actually really looking forward to the cake and the, the strawberries and the whipped cream that I bought. I'm healthy guys don't forget that being healthy (laughs) so anyways we got some stuff and we came back home and I kind of fed the kids and we I don't even know what else they did I told them okay do your math I put the little girls to bed the other ones were finding worms because we found a, a robin baby robin was being attacked by our cats and the parents abandoned it and my kids freaked out and grabbed it to save its life and now the parents won't come near it so we have a robin (laughs) why why do these things happen you know every 30 minutes or less you have to find a thing worms and do you know it's not just one worm do you know this thing eats worms like non stop non-stop and it's big enough that it's surviving it's just learning how to fly now and and pooing all over my house and and it opens its mouth in the cutest little way and it just it just still needs to be fed I'm like I don't know what to do with this guys I don't know we can't it's not it's not it's it's cruelty to let this thing go because it will die but anyways okay so they have to find worms so the kids are out digging for worms every five minutes and I'm trying to get kids to bed and my house is really destroyed at this point and I'm going upstairs to read a story to my daughter and she is five and she's just, oh, oh, don't forget, I did violin with them. Right before bed, I did some violin with my five-year-old and taught her a new song and she was so proud of herself. So I'm going upstairs to read them their story and she's just bounding, like just bounding. This was the best day ever, mom. This was the bestest day. We had cake and and we went to the store and, and you even taught me violin. This was the best day, mom, ever, ever, ever. I love this day, mom. And I'm thinking, man, this day was the lamest day ever. Like the lamest day in the world. I tried to redeem it at the very end. I'm like my little haphazard effort where I'm like, look, I'm a mom. But honestly, it was lame. And so it honestly, at the end of the day, when I sit down and I'm contemplating my kids and I'm contemplating my style and I'm contemplating my failures and I'm contemplating my wins and what I did and what I didn't do and what I want to do, then I feel like although this is a gross exaggeration, most of our days are way more successful. We get a lot more done. I'm not so sick and lazy, but I, I still have this, this element in our life that I always feel at the end, like it could have been better. And yet almost without fail, with the slightest effort from me, the slightest effort, I will have that moment sometime in my day where it is the best day ever. And do you know what it takes to have the best day ever for your kids? It's not taking them out to a party. It's not going and hanging out with friends. It's not spending a lot of money on them. It's not going and doing field trips. It is literally in the little moments. 
It's in you singing a goofy song with them. It's in the hugs and the cuddles and the conversations and you helping them with their math rather than just leaving them to do it. It is in those small things that makes them feel like the best day ever. And I have had that moment with all of my kids at all their various ages and stages to just know and realize and have the confidence that that although I want to do my best, although I want to be the best homeschool mom that I could be, I know that even in my failures, that that it takes just the small things. And sometimes I'm so focused on these big things that I want to do when it just, my kids are easy to please. They're really easy to please. So anyways, random little, now you have some insight, right? So place me where you want to place me with keeping in mind that that's an anomaly day. But still, this, this, this is my, this is real life. We have days like this, okay? So my homeschool style, when I first started homeschooling, for sure was, I was traditional, like traditional all the way. I had textbooks, I went and bought the cute little desks, and we had a schoolroom where all the kids had their little places, and they listened, I was teacher, I taught them, um, very, very workbooks oriented. Here's your tests, here's your quizzes, um, you know, and all of the expectation that comes with that. We recreated school at home. And, and really why I did that was partly my own experience and partly just because I love it so much. When I grew up, I always wanted to be a teacher. And so I, I wanted to recreate what I loved and that was school. And so I just thought it was going to be great, have a little one room schoolhouse at home. So I started off traditional and over the years, I feel like I've tried everything. I've tried the unit study thing. I've tried some Montessori dabbled. I've really just dabbled in Montessori. I have tried um, Charlotte Mason for sure. I have tried unschooling for sure. And I have just kind of dabbled in some of these different methods to have more of an understanding as I've played around with curriculum that is more focused on one or the other. And it's been really fascinating to see this evolution and I say that word carefully because I know that we don't sometimes like that word in the Christian realm, but there is, the, there is an evolving thing that happens in homeschooling of your expectations, of your confidence, of your understanding, and of your style. And as you kind of figure out who your kids are, and as you figure out who you are, and as you you navigate the different seasons of your life, whether you're going through sickness, whether you're going through a baby, or a, a death in the family, or whatever you may be facing, you're moving, or, you know, there's so many different things that can throw they can throw a snake in the whole idea of what you're trying to do. And so no matter what you're trying to navigate through, whether you're in a season where you're getting tons done or you're a season where, where you're not accomplishing as much as you had hoped, then I find that that this homeschool style, and if you could see me, I would be doing quotes around it right now because it's evolving. It's changing. It's in flex. It's constantly in flex. What works today may not work tomorrow. And we say that about curriculum, but I think that it is that way with your homeschool style too. I think that our very approach, our very style, and the curriculum we use, which by the way usually encompasses one of those styles, is constantly changing to suit the needs of our child and to suit the needs of our lifestyle. And so I encourage you first and foremost to be really flexible. You know, through the, the, the years, through the years, I've definitely landed more on the Charlotte Mason style. I also have landed quite heavily on unschooling. And part of the reason I've landed on unschooling is because 
of necessity. I am so busy with everything else in my life, with ministry and with work and with, you know, writing and speaking and traveling and just managing kids and home and husband and friends and everything that we have in our life that that school, there are days it just plain doesn't happen. And so unschooling, as much as I try, as much as I value, as much as I love things like copywork and nature journaling and reading aloud to my kids and you know, really hands-on math, that stuff doesn't always happen. And so unschooling has been a reality of our lives that instead of feeling guilty about, I've started to embrace a little bit and choose to run with things just even in the smallest way in these unschooling days that we have. Because even for example, when my daughter found this poor little bird (laughs) and the amazing learning that has happened that I did not dictate or tell them at all about robins and about fledglings and about how old it was and what they eat and how to take care of it and all of that different kind of stuff and the responsibility of literally every 10 to 30 minutes having to feed this bird has been such a huge learning experience for my kids. And so I have learned rather than feeling guilty, rather than being hard on myself, which I still am, I still struggle with that, but I try to see the the wins. I try to find even just a small thing and run with it, even in a small way where I can I can inspire or spark their curiosity. You know, your kids come to you and they say, mom, look at what I caught or mom, look at what I did or mom, look at what I built. And you have a choice in that moment. And it can be such a small shift that can make such a huge difference. You know, your kids come to you and you could say, you could say, wow, that's really cool and keep doing what you're doing. Or you could say, wow, that's really cool. Let's do our, let's do our schoolwork. Or you could say, wow, that's really cool. I I wonder what would happen if we did this. Or I wonder, like, what do you think about that? Huh, that's, man, I've always wondered what would happen if this, you know, if, if you did this or, or what they ate or you ask these kind of questions and you don't even ask your kids, you ponder it in and of yourself out loud and your kids catch it. And it doesn't always happen, but it happens a lot, like a lot, a lot, where my kids will catch the wind of that and they will take it and they will run with it. Now, listen, there's two wins to this. First of all, that's unschooling in action, child-directed learning. My child has, has been interested in something and is following the lead of their interests. But also, it's a win for me because in that one small tweak of conversation, by looking up from my phone or my work or doing those dishes and engaging with my child, listening to what they were saying and asking a key question to prompt them for further investigation. I have now caused my child to run out and possibly be busy for another 45 minutes. I don't know how long it's going to take them. So I have seen these little these little glimpses of unschooling and how I can be intentionally unschooling, but even when I'm not intentionally unschooling. Even when I choose to literally do nothing, we're not doing school, but instead with these small little approaches to the learning that is happening in our lives all around us. You go to the grocery store, you're asking your kids about math, you're asking them how much that weighs, you're getting them to go and do stuff, you're getting them to figure out what will fit in the budget. It's the smallest little things that don't even feel like learning, that make learning a way of life that I'm able to, at the end of the day, feel like, you know what, I accomplished something whether we did a workbook, whether I was intentional about it or whether we just lived life together as a family. My kids are always learning. They are always growing. I am always learning. I am always growing. And so I have found this confidence that comes in that. And so definitely unschooling, I would say is a really big part 
of our lives. And I wish in some ways that I could do at least half and half, you know, where I'm doing this. And I call myself a part-time unschooler because I do want to do more. But my reality of my life is often that we do more unschooling simply because of the stage that we are in. And so I can feel bad about that or I can run with that. And I have chosen to run with it as much as possible. So um, so that's definitely a big part of it. Another big part of it is Charlotte Mason. I would say um, Charlotte Mason homeschooling is my homeschool style. It is what I envision. Um, it's what I want to encapsulate in my children's experiences. I love reading aloud to my kids. I love copywork and teaching them language arts and spelling through copywork and letting it be gentle. I love the idea of less is more. I think, you know, we bog our kids down so much with the amount of reading and writing. And sometimes when I look at curriculum, you know, a science curriculum, I'm in the market right now, science and socials, I feel like is always one I'm not really happy with. And so I'm looking for science or socials and it's textbooks. You know, you've got the read and now I want you to write, fill in the blank, answer the questions, A, B, C, D, you know, and you basically just go and you read through and you're essentially notebooking or you're doing tests and quizzes to test your knowledge of what you've done. Even the ones that have experiments in them, I still feel like there's this dry sense of, okay, you did a project, but now, first of all, that project is daunting to me and now I just want to test your knowledge with you know, everything you've learned in the text. And I just, I don't value that approach. I really don't value that approach. I hate doing it. My kids hate doing it. And at the end of an entire curriculum, I see no results from them. I don't find that they remember what they learn. And so sometimes I've gone through the motions for the sake of just feeling better as a person that's like, oh, look, we did some things, but for what? if they don't remember it. So I value the life experiences. I value the fact that let's take out the writing, let's take out the dry and let's make it experiential. Let's make it come to life for our kids where it has meaning and is going to be something that they are attaching meaning to and therefore interested in, invested in and remembering. And so that is really I don't know, like what, what would you put me into? What box I would be put into? Because I'm, I am eclectic. I am a mix of multiple different things. But what is so important to me, what I am so passionate about is, is making learning something that is not a chore for myself or my kids and is, is something that we love to do because I don't want it to be okay, you mark it off your to-do list and yeah, you get into routine, you get into schedule, but I want it to be something that they want to do. I want it to be something that is a part of their everyday life that they're doing all the time without it ever feeling like school. I want it to be at the end of the day, like my daughter, when I sat down and did violin with her, which is painful, by the way, she's five. I mean, playing violin with a five-year-old, it's screechy, she's everywhere, it sounds terrible, I'm trying, she's giggling, she's dropping it, she's getting tired, I'm tired. Like it's, it's a painful process, but I question myself every single day, is she too young? And yet, at the end of the day, seeing her pride in that and her excitement as she's literally bouncing off the walls that she did something and realizing the power of the learning in the every day. It's so much more than the learning that happens in a book, you guys. It is about the connection, the relationship, and the experience of learning. And I believe that for almost any child. I know that it's not practical for every family to go and do experiential-based learning. 
it's not practical for my family to go and do everything experiential-based learning. It is my value system, and yet my life, that's why I am a great part of our life, is we are unschoolers because in the moment when I am busy and I have 8 billion things to do, it falls to the wayside because there's not enough of me because it requires not just my time, but it requires my energy. It requires my, my creativity. And I don't always have that to give. So it's, it's an evolving process. That's why I say that it's something that I'm always tweaking. I'm always reassessing. I'm always considering and, and trying to figure out what is best, what has changed, what can I improve upon and what do I need to let go of? Because sometimes in our homeschool day, a lot of the tension that we face, a lot of the walls that I seem to come up against is, is frankly just my own expectations and my own desire to make something happen that isn't working for our family. And because I feel guilty and I'm doing this out of fear or I'm doing it out of pride and wanting to look good or whatever my motives may be, that's the wall we're coming up against. It isn't necessarily my kids. It's that I am saying, okay, we need to actually start pumping out results because I'm feeling kind of bad that I don't have anything to show or I'm feeling bad that you're behind in this area. And so because of my own feelings, I begin imposing more and more and more, and I move myself farther away from my value system, and then I experience this tension in our day where my kids are fussing, I'm you know not enjoying it, and I will actually avoid doing school altogether. And then you feel like a failure, and round and round the cycle goes. So it's something I personally, this is just my story, and I know that not everyone is gonna be able to relate to it, but first and foremost, you guys, this isn't easy. This isn't easy. This is hard. If you're trying to homeschool through the summer, good luck. Okay? I mean, I really recommend, especially if this is your first time, less is more. Try just just math. Like just math or just math and reading before bed. Something like that. Something very, very small, very manageable. Just keep at least one thing going. You're going to go into next year either, you know, if they're behind, really, really significantly behind you, it's going to catch them up. And if they are not behind, it might be one thing that you did through the summer. So now you can take a break and be focusing on other stuff. So, so I recommend finding that one subject that's always the problem subject for you or that they're behind in or something. And doing that maybe through the summer. But the consistency thing is hard. It's hard whether it's summer, whether it's fall. It's hard no matter when you're doing it because you have still parenting to do and you still have a marriage to tend to and you still have a life outside of homeschooling. And so trying to balance and manage everything is really difficult. I'm not saying give up and and just do nothing and, you know, basically don't feel guilty about it and we're, you know, girl power. I'm not saying that. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I am saying, I, I, for myself, I don't want that. For myself, I want, I'm always aiming higher. I'm always aiming for more. I'm always aiming to do better, to improve, and to find what is going to work for my kids. And just when I kind of feel like I get it, then it's gone again. It's gone and we're back at square one because now we're dealing with an attitude problem or we're in hormonal stages or whatever. I don't know. There's always something that seems to come up. So it's elusive. Finding a rhythm and a routine is elusive sometimes and it's very, very difficult. So I encourage you first and foremost, you're not alone, that this is normal And that if you are feeling really stuck, really um, deflated by what you want versus reality, 
taking that time to find those little, those moments. Sometimes that's it. That sometimes those are small things that you can see that are a win. If you don't have those moments, okay, it was five o'clock. My day was wasting away. I felt like I might, I didn't have those moments through my entire day. They'd even done math. And yet I still didn't feel like I had that connection moment with my kids. And so it takes the smallest of things, going out, bringing them along, singing a silly song in the car. My daughter got the mail for the first time. She was so excited. These small, small, small things that that make such a huge impact. It's finding that connection with our kids. And I feel like that is just the most important thing because they can do the most boring math lesson, but if they feel like they are connecting with you, that they're not alone, that this isn't just them out in the middle of the ocean with something they struggle with, trying to keep afloat, that it's something you're working and tackling together and there's connection and there's there's energy and you know you're excited about it. And I feel like that is the biggest and most important gift that we can give our kids. So maybe our focus is wrong. Maybe my focus is wrong. And that was that's often in the place I feel like I am. My focus is wrong. I, I start getting stressed about the grades. I start getting stressed about them being behind. I start getting stressed about our style. And I want more and I want better. And I get so caught up in that that I'm losing the connection. I'm losing the relationship. And then everything is just a chore. And nothing brings joy for my kids or for myself. So I don't know. Was this about my homeschool style? I honestly don't know, you guys. Was this just a random rant about homeschooling? Possibly. But I hope if, if, if nothing else, I really hope it just helped you feel less alone and that it gave you some insight into at least my life and and what I do and or what I don't do. And especially right now, I mean, it's summer. And like I said, we're sick. And so it's a season. And, you know, maybe for us, a relatively short season because sickness, please God, is not going to last very long. But I encourage you that recognize the season you're in. Know the season that you're in. Embrace learning opportunities whenever you can. Be intentional with your reactions to your kids because the smallest thing can spark them or it can snuff out the excitement and the passion that they have in what they're just discovering or embracing or running after. Thank you so much for joining me, you guys, on today's podcast episode, which ended up being super random. You never know what you're going to get with me. I lost all my idea notes, so here I am back at square one. Um, If you like what you heard, if you love my podcast, I would love for you to review it. It takes like a second on iTunes, but iTunes is the main way that people find my podcast, and so you can go and find it on iTunes on a podcast app on your phone or on your computer and you can actually rate it just with stars or you can post a little review and I would love to see what you think of it. So um, if you would like to do that, I would love to. Another thing that I'm really, really excited about and I would love to do is is maybe answering, doing an episode where I answer your kids' questions and doing a podcast episode for the kids. So if your kids watch or I guess not watch, listen to my podcast episodes with you and have questions for me, then I would love to address those and just say like their first name and address their questions. So you can email those to me at Rebecca at homeschoolon.com and just put kids interview in the subject line and I will compile those and maybe address them. It would be a fun one for next week if we get around to it. So 
um, just something I was thinking of, just brainstorming on the fly while I'm recording this. Otherwise, you guys, you can go and you can check out my podcast episodes. You can see all of them on my blog. It's homeschoolon.com. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm homeschoolon as well as Facebook, homeschoolon. And I'm on Instagram a lot on stories and showing you our cute little bird. So come and find me there and otherwise have an amazing day.